Hey, Bridgetown Church, John Mark Comer here with the Bridgetown Daily for Tuesday, March 24th. Peace to all of you. You know, I've been thinking a lot the last few days about gratitude. I think like many of you, I'm hyper aware right now of just how much of my life, including my life itself, I take for granted. So many of my friends and even family members, my little brother, have lost their job or their income stream over the last few days. And so I'm just so grateful that I have a job, that I woke up this morning dry and warm and safe with a roof over my head, that I have a family around me. I know that's not the case for many of you who are single and live in a studio apartment and are cooped up and have been for days or weeks. I'm so grateful that my cupboard is full of food and even toilet paper. Don't worry, I'm not hoarding, but there's enough there for our family of five. I'm so grateful that um, as of yet, my body is healthy, that no one in my family right now is ill or at risk. And again, I know that's not the case for all of you, but I'm just so grateful. And in addition, I'm thinking a lot about how gratitude is an antidote for anxiety. There's so much anxiety literally in the air right now. I think one of the things I feel like the Spirit is giving a lot of us insight into is that there is, in the language of Paul to Timothy, a spirit of fear afoot in the world. And by that, I don't mean the legitimate fear signal in our body from the threat of COVID-19, and I don't mean to downplay that. But there is something, I think, far more maleficent at work in the world, in the spiritual, in what the writers of the New Testament called the heavenlies. There is a spirit of fear, a demonic spirit, I think, at work wreaking havoc across the world. And so how do we combat the spirit of fear? How do we not succumb to it or let it overwhelm us? How do we live in the peace of Christ? Well, there's not one answer to that, but one of many is the idea of gratitude. Now, this is a new idea for me. And at first it was a leap in logic, like how is anxiety connected to gratitude? But let me tell you how I got there. Last week, um, when all of this hit the fan, one of my first pastoral impulses was toward a rule of life. Um, You know, we live in a balance and a blend between structure and spontaneity, or in more Jungian or archetypal language between chaos and order. And in times of chaos and disruption and panic and fear and isolation, the kind of wise and emotionally healthy move is toward order, toward a rule of life. If you look at the origins of even the language of a rule of life, it goes back, or really the first one to popularize it was St. Benedict in the 6th century. There are advocates of it before, St. Augustine, St. Patrick. You could argue that the Didache at the end of the first century, just a few years after the New Testament, was really the first Christian rule of life. But the first one to coin that language and popularize the idea was St. Benedict in Italy in the 6th century AD living and working and writing a rule at a time when the Roman Empire was falling apart and the world as it was known was falling into chaos, into a failed state like what we see right now in Syria or Mogadishu or the Congo. And his pastoral impulse, I think from the Spirit of God, was to create a monastic order that was a center of calm and stability in a social kind of world of chaos. But actually the rule of life goes back to the pre-Christian area. In fact, a biblical theology of a rule of life in 
most scholars that you read goes back to Daniel chapter 6, to Daniel himself in exile in Babylon. If you know that story, if you grew up in Sunday school, it's Daniel in the lion's den, but it's not cute at all. It would have been a terrifying moment for Daniel where his life was under duress. He's the victim, if you know the story. If not, read Daniel 6 of kind of a political machination and jealous rival who want to kill him and take his job. And there's a law that is passed that made it illegal for Daniel to pray to Yahweh, but he just refuses to comply with the law. And the moment that Daniel comes aware of the plot against him and that his life is about to most likely end, we read this in Daniel 6. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God. Now, three times a day. This is the origin point of fixed hour prayer, what others call the daily office, prayer morning and noon and night. It's also the origin point, most scholars argue, of some kind of a rule of life. But what struck me as I was thinking about rule of life last week was the end of that sentence. He got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God. I would expect that to read. He got down on his knees and he prayed for deliverance, for God to have mercy, a kind of prayer, psalm-like prayer of lament. Where are you, God? Why do you hide your face from me? How could you let this happen to me? And maybe that was a part of it as well. That is a right and fitting prayer. We see that in the Psalms. But what we read in Daniel 6 is that he gave thanks to his God. Daniel's impulse in his heart from the Spirit was to find fight anxiety with gratitude. Now, that to me was odd, but then it got me thinking about Paul's impulse. Colossians chapter 3, um, let me read this over you. Right now, I'm doing a lot of contemplative prayer in the morning where I just basically spend a little time breathing my prayer to God and just kind of watching my breath go in and out and attempt to kind of slip below my thoughts and my feelings, which are raging in my mind and the videos that play and replay in my mind about the future and the what if and all the emotions I have about that and attempt to meet God at a deeper part of my being, that deep, what Thomas Kelly called the unhurried center of peace and power, that deep place where my spirit touches the spirit of God, that part of me that is underneath even the videos in my mind and the emotions that swirl. And if you know anything about contemplative practice, you often match a breath prayer to your breath. The traditional one is, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, or just Jesus. But I've been using Colossians chapter 3. Now, not this whole paragraph I'm about to read, just the first part for my prayer, but let me read the whole paragraph to you and just notice how Paul connects the dots between anxiety, peace, and gratitude. He writes this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with, here it is, gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Not once, not twice, but three times Paul's invitation to the follower of Jesus in Colossae and to you and I is to gratitude as a mechanism to receive the peace of God. 
Now then that got me thinking about his very famous line in Philippians chapter four, which is very similar. It's eerie. Rejoice in the Lord always. What a great line for the many of you right now that are facing disease or unemployment or uncertainty to rejoice, to joy in your God as an act of the will always in all times and all places. I will say it again, rejoice. Then he has this to say, do not be anxious about anything, anything, not your health, not your well-being, not how to pay rent, nothing. Don't be anxious. Don't worry about anything. But in every situation, and I'm sure that includes the one we're in right now, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, does not make logical sense, will guard your hearts, that inner part of your feeling and your thinking and your desire and your minds, the videos that play in your imagination in Christ Jesus. There it is again, anxiety, peace, and gratitude all put together. Now, at first, this was a a weird kind of idea for me or a weird mix for me. What does anxiety have to do with gratitude? Well, if you think about it, here's my logic. Anxiety is a kind of grasping for control of what we do not have in the future. Gratitude is giving thanks for what we do have in the present. Let me say that again. Anxiety is a kind of grasping for control of what we do not have in the future. Gratitude is giving thanks for what we do have in the present. We have to let go of outcomes. We're not in control of what happens tomorrow or the next day or the next. I can't remember a time when my life has been more uncertain. How long will this last? Days, weeks, months, over a year, worst case scenario? What will the economic fallout be? How long will that last? Moderate, severe? We have no idea. It's day to day. All we know is that here we are today and we're okay. We're safe in the kingdom of Jesus. Even if our body is not safe from COVID-19, our spirit is safe in the Trinitarian community of love. And we have to let go of the illusion of control over what happens tomorrow. And one of the best ways to do that is to come back to the here and the now through gratitude. So let's just take a moment and do that. I invite you just to ground yourself in your body. If at all possible, put your feet on the floor. Feel what St. Patrick called the stability of earth beneath you. Feel God utilizing gravity just Hold your body down to the earth as it is spinning around the sun at so many miles per hour. Feel God hold you in his love and his joy and his peace. Just become aware of the God that is all around you, that is in you, that is your rock. And now just take a moment and offer to God a few things that you are grateful for. Two, three, five, ten things, simple or profound, poetic or plain, 
just offer right now your gratitude to God. God, we love you. Thank you that we're not hungry, that we're okay. We have the community of Jesus around us. And above all, we are never alone. Even if we are alone in our apartment or our room, we are never alone. We are always with you and always the object of your love, your affection. We receive you as the greatest gift. And I just pray over you to end let the peace of Christ dwell in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Peace to all of you. <laughs>